Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by a book. That's right, a really great book called November Road by Lou Burney. November Road is out now through all good bookstores, both online and in the real world, and I really recommend you check it out. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics and I tell two very funny people all about it and by the end of the episode both you and they will be able to pretend you've read it. Joining me this week are two of my favourite people in the world. You might know them from another podcast I do with them called Do Go On. Here this week it's Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Merry Christmas. That's right. It is the Christmas special. Hello. 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 Merry Christmas. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas Ma- and hello. Hello and Merry Christmas. Good evening. You. Good morning. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Hello. You there, boy. What day is it today? Hello. It's Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. A couple of quick things. Mm. Matt is incredibly tired. Okay. Um, he's gone from just being kind of sleepy and dopey when he first arrived uh, and always to... Over, like, two, he's overtired at this point. He's losing his marbles. <laughs> I have been alone all day. You are the first people I've spoken to today. It's making me a little bit hyper. You've been alone all life. Yeah. Are That's... we the first people you've spoken to this life? Yes. Thank you. And Good it really day. Sh- it really Merry shows. Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. I learnt, I learnt to speak from you guys. And I'm learning to read from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, last week we discovered, or the last episode we discovered on Frank, the Frankenstein episode that the monster, Frankenstein's monster, learnt to talk by what by hiding in a shed and watching a family. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's how he learnt English. Oh, really? I really yeah. thought you were going to say from a podcast and I was going to be like, wow. Yeah, headphones in. He was like. The lives we could change. Maybe it was a family podcast like uh an example of a family podcast. Do go on. That family, one about the brothers? Family time with brothers. Yes. Is that uh, one? I was going to say ours because we're a family. Well, we're not brothers though, Jess. But we could be, Matt. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, I, look, I'm sorry. Thank you. We're, I am your brother. What's the bro- the brother's one? Because that's one uh, my friend's like. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? No, we're here, we're here, here the to talk about a classic book. Before we get into that, it is of course a Christmas special. Matt, you're you're very into Christmas. I love Christmas. You're very excited. Yes, I couldn't be any more excited. I love how it's um, Christmassy and um, how everything's all Christmas-like at this time of year. And I know a lot of your listeners are up in the northern hemisphere and they get the snow and that sort of stuff. 
um, which I love as well. We were in England not too long ago. That's right. And it felt because uh, all the Christmas decorations and stuff are already out. Mm-hmm. And it, we were all saying how it felt like Christmas, even though we've never really experienced that before at Christmas time, it felt like Christmas should. Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the stories, the movies, everything, it's always set in the Northern Hemisphere. In Australia, it's not uncommon for it to be 40 degrees Celsius on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, it's hot. It's the middle of our summer. When I was a kid, my cousin uh, turned on the hose because it was real hot and he was sort of spraying us. And then he, he pointed over the fence where a, fa- uh, a neighbor's <gasps> family was having an outdoor. Oh, no. <laughs> and he just soaked out the whole party. Oh, no. <laughs> So, you know, it's, I mean, that's Christmas memories. It's another beautiful memory. That's an Australian Christmas, baby. Yeah, we ruin our neighbors' days. It's one of, it's, it's a, a tradition. tradition. It's a tradition. Where's your turkey? Let me shoot it with this water pistol. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, what a, such a great time of year. It's a great time of year. I would argue it's the most wonderful time of year. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Uh, Say bells, jing, jingling. Yeah. Um, Christmas is cring, kringling. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Walking in some sort of land. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Christmas land. Northland. Northland, Northland shopping, shopping center. center. Mm. Is this what this show is? Oh, it's all about books, this show. <laughs> but you've both been on the show before. Usually I ask my guests if, if they're big readers or ever been big readers in their lives. But since we've last had you on the show, have either of you been reading much at all? My answer has changed. Nah. I did read a book while we were overseas. That's right. I was going to bring that up, Jess, because it was one of those things where I would sort of watch you pick up the book, <laughs> read a few pages and go, ugh. Yeah. And you said even though you weren't enjoying it, it was a page turner. I know. And that I don't. really confuses me. I don't even feel comfortable saying the title of the book because it's from an author who is so wildly popular that if I criticize it all, I will probably be murdered. Right. It's hard to criticize William Shakespeare. Shh, what did I just do? <laughs> what did I just. Yeah, I read Shakespeare on a plane. Oh, like snakes on a plane. <laughs> I'm sick of this motherfucking bard. <laughs> motherfucking shakes on this motherfucking plane. Yeah. Shakes is a lot closer to snakes. So it worked that better. That is good. That is good. I am, I am to answer your question, actually. Yes, so I'm I did, the pun king. I did yeah. read a book on our recent overseas trip, um, and I'm trying to read a bit more. What is, what is the – because normally, like with literature and stuff, if something's wildly popular, then – they are totally open to um, getting the shit talked out of them. So what I'm wondering who this this is. It's very popular, but also you're still afraid to give them shit. Especially, I imagine the kind of people listening to this podcast would be hoity-toity AF. Yeah, They're going to love it if you shoot down a popular writer. Yeah, shoot down a popular one and then say you love uh, Jane Austen. Yeah, okay. one of the little dogs, an so, underdog. So as long as you follow it up with, but I love Jane Austen, I yeah. should be fine. Yeah, you'll sound great. Yeah, Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights is a great track, which I think was a collab with Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters. Yeah. <laughs> so close. So, so close. But please, Jess, tell us the art title. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it more, so it was John Green. I read his, I, th- I believe that's still his most recent, Turtles All the Way Down. And it's quite hypocritical of me to, to criticise his book because I've read so many of his books. But it's just that they are they are page turners. They're always they're young adult fiction, and this one just felt like quite, it was just an unbelievable story. Did you say it's called Turtles All the Way Down? Turtles All the Way Down. All the way down. All the way. So down. I'm so I'm picturing like a some sort of a well, and it's about a journey to the bottom of the well, and 
all the way down, they meet turtles. I mean, you really should have started with a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Dave, could you keep all of that? And you should finish with... But I love Jane Austen. I love Jane Austen. Austen. Thank you. We're on the same page here. I love it. I love. I love that book she wrote about uh, about Emma Thompson and Charles Firth from the Firth Factor. (laughs) (laughs) From the Chaser. From the Chaser. (laughs) Wow! Amazing. Good stuff there. All right. Well, from the. Thank you for sharing that with us, Jess. If I get fucking. Tweets about it. I don't it. think you will. Who likes John Green? Lots of people. Who Like what, 14-year-olds? I've seriously read like five of his books. I read three of his books yeah, on one holiday. But I think he's the kind of author you, you're not that proud of liking though. It's, they're just like, yeah, I mean he's obviously a good writer because you just keep reading the dumb story that all follow the same formula. Oh, I can't. And this one was just about like this girl reconnects with an old friend they're teenagers, she's like 17, and he's a millionaire and, like, just throws cash around all the time. It's so fucked and unbelievable and weird. I was like, this is stupid. This is actually turning into a book club, which is something I never thought sorry. would happen. This, I'm so sorry I did this. I think it is It is interesting how people will shit on popular authors, but there is something to, something to be said for it's not easy to write a hit I no, think, with anything, right? So there's some skill to that. He's a great writer. I I say again. I read three of his books in one holiday it's one just time. Like you've got a love hate relationship it's with real, old I, John Green. Arguing I, with yourself that about I've him. never acknowledged before, but I guess I do have a love hate relationship with John Green. I've been reading. <laughs> Sorry, no, please. We're done with Green. Yes, I've been reading Tex Perkins's <laughs> autobiography. Now, for listeners overseas who may not be familiar with the Tex. He's a he's a he's a an Australian outlaw musician. He's not an outlaw, but he's um bit of an Aussie rock and roll legend. Yeah, he's played in a lot of bands. Big collaborator, and um, he's my cousin. Is he really? It could be. Wow. Big families. Why That's, not? Did you prove not? it? Prove he's, he's not. His prove re- he's not. His real name's Greg. Greg. His name's Greg. My cousin Greg. <laughs> Which is great. Oh wow! Did but he it, give him? Does he talk about the origin of Tex? And did he give it to himself? Um, It'd be good if Tex was real, but he gave himself the surname Perkins. Or he gave himself the name Greg. (laughs) He was, uh, I think it was given to him. Ah, yes. (laughs) I haven't, I've only just started reading it. And, uh, but what got me in was early on, he's, he's fascinated with primates, apes. And uh, he loves the Planet of the Apes movies. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I am too. I love apes. What? Great. I and I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have time for. Thank you so no, much. Of course, you do have a primate-based podcast. You're a big Planet of the Apes fan as well. That's right. It's the sister podcast of this podcast. It's called Primates. But I, I just want to know, Dave, when are you going to stop discriminating against primates-related literature yeah, and Dave. get a monkey or an ape? Or an ape and a monkey related novel. Do you have any great examples? Because I'd definitely be happy to. Jungle Book. Preferably one with pictures. I'll be on that episode. I'll read it. Really? (laughs) Still be a lot of pages. Well, there's the story that um, The Planet of the Apes was based on. French book. Could do that one. Can you read French? I can't. I think it's been (sighs) translated into... Anglaisy. Can you read Anglaisy? I can't. Oh. (laughs) 
uh, Julio Anglesi. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. I didn't know it was based on a French book. I'll look into that. That's very cool. What I want to bring you onto a primates episode for is I'm going to do a a book cheat back at you on primates about uh, the librarian from Terry Pratchett's Discworld book series. I'll pick one of the novels. I haven't read one for ages, but I remember them being very funny. Are you up for that? Yeah, that'd be great. I think there's, what, 50 of them or something? Yeah, I'll it's just probably... do a single novel. Maybe, yeah, one of the first ones, I guess. That's or probably maybe... almost a conversation you could have had off pod. No, I thought, well, I thought Dave's listeners might be able to suggest one. Yeah, that's right. If you are a Discworld fan, let us know the one where, what was the ape's name? Uh, the Librarian. The Librarian features heavily. Let's get into uh, our Christmas special. Now, I've chosen a, uh, a Christmas classic. Today, we are going to be talking all about Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Are you guys familiar? Have you read or seen an adaptation of? Obviously, I've seen the Muppets one. I've seen the Muppets one. I've seen the Family Ties one. I've seen the Flintstones one. Yeah, it's been very, very heavily adapted. It's amazing. I've seen the. I think I know the story, ish. You know, Ghosts. I thought I thought I knew the story ish as well, but then when I I did because I did read it. Obviously. <laughs> oh, I swear. I swear. Was it how how far did they stray from the original family ties script in the in the Dickensian Oh in the Dickensian adaptation of adaptation. the of the mm. family ties mm. orridge. Yeah. Well they they didn't have the beard that that dad on the show has. Really? Yeah. They wrote that out. I was trying to think of anything I know about family ties. <laughs> and I can all I can think of is that man had a grey beard. It ends with uh, Michael. So Michael J. Fox sees. Well, anyway, we can talk about that later. Ooh, maybe. Well, I'll I'll let you know where where the parallels okay, right. are. Yeah, let me know. Uh, this was suggested <laughs> by uh... Matt. Please, <laughs> Matt, if you could just let me know. We are begging you to let off, us know. Off air. Next year. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Next Christmas. <laughs> I'd love to hear the family ties. I would. Can I just say that again? <laughs> can I? Plus. Can I say? Would you I just want to clarify that? once again. A few people have been suggesting books. Uh, Chris Waters from Vancouver has suggested A Christmas Carol. Thank you very much for that, Chris. If you'd like to suggest a book or play, you can now fill in a little form so we can keep track of them all, and you can find the link on our Twitter page, at BookCheatPod. So please, indulge. Please. (laughs) Please indulge. And suggest a book. Now, uh, A Christmas Carol... For context of anyone who hasn't heard of it, is a short novel first published by giant of English literature, Charles Dickens, just before Christmas, December 19, 1843. Short novel. Very short. What constitutes a short novel? It, it is under 100 pages. Is that a novella? It, I think it, technically it is a novella. Cool. See? I know words. It's beautiful. Matt, you jealous? You're, learn- you're learning so fast. Yeah. And now you're starting to even learn words that haven't been said, which is... Advanced. Thank you. You're taking bits of words and you're extrapolating. Really... What are you, Frankenstein's monster over here? Jesus. No, shut up. <laughs> I'm not. Stop it. Who told you that? Was it David? It was Greg. Greg Perkins, the rock and roll legend. Fuck Greg. Uh, it was published so just just before Christmas, 1843. At this time, Dickens was 31 and already a well-known writer. But despite this, he was in need of some sweet cashola. He had, <laughs> can relate. <laughs> well, can you? Well, maybe. Can I borrow some he, money? He'd just come back from a tour. He oh. toured the USA and spent way more money than he thought he would. What was he doing on tour? 
Like, he what was there, he touring? Went there with his wife, and I think he was doing a lot of speaking engagements because yeah. he was a famous writer at the time. They were uh, in a band, uh, him and his wife. Called the a... Speaking Engagements. Yeah. That is, the Speaking Engagement, I think, is quite a good name. Yeah, you would. I like that. Uh, he decided to write a story for Christmas, and it was instantly well-received and sold very, very well. So he basically did this for the money. Love that. Love that motivation. <laughs> uh, it sold so well that he sold out the first print run of 6,000 copies in its first week. Oof. He made pretty good money, but he didn't make as much as he had hoped because he insisted on the books being extravagantly bound and the books weren't very profitable. Okay. Uh, the production costs were very high. He insisted on it? Yeah, so he we went through a publisher, but I did read that basically he had to put the money up himself for it and then he insisted on spending more money. And then when he came back, he made, he sold 6,000 copies. But he was quoted as saying, like, I, I, one of the first people in history to have something be so successful and yet be disappointed by it because he wanted to make more money. Yeah, especially if the reason for him doing it was... It's like, mate, just put it in paperback. Come it's on. Like people doing a Christmas single at the end of the year, and that's that's got to be to cash in, right? Yeah, and insisting that it's on, like, a gold record. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the dark. What was that Darkness Christmas song they did? Uh, don't let the bells end or whatever it was called. Something like that. And they said, "Yeah, it has to be on solid gold vinyl." That's oh, the we're only not doing way. it. We're not doing it unless bells end. Unless each person who buys it goes and waits patiently at their home, and Santa brings it to them. Hmm. Each and every one of them. Now they got to pay Santa for delivery costs. <laughs> yeah. They lost fifteen million pounds that Christmas. <laughs> Uh, over 150 years later. I found Sandra in a back alley. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll deliver them for you. They're like, thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Sounds amazing. It's going to cost you 15 million pounds. <laughs> he, took, he, he took, he's like, half now, half later. They're like, all right, Sandra. It's like, this guy has all their money. Well, he's got half their money. <laughs> Why did he say half now? You should have said all now. He could have got all of it. Wait. <laughs> Why you just see that um, classic business move of all now, none later? <laughs> <laughs> what an system. idiot this man is that I made up. <laughs> what an idiot. So sorry, Dave. What an idiot. Thanks uh, for having us. Uh, this is the final bit of the preamble. Over 150 years later, A Christmas Carol is still one of Dickens' most famous works and has been adapted countless times for movies, TV shows, stage plays, operas, graphic novels, comic books and video games. I'm struggling to think. 1980s sitcoms. I'm struggling to think of another Dickens. He did Harry Potter, yeah? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you have to say that? Sorry. Out loud? I'm just, do you I'm, have to confirm that? All right. Well, I'm sorry for asking questions on this, <laughs> this fact-based podcast. Should I go on timeout for a bit? Uh, that's up to Dave. I don't know why you're asking me. Maybe as I keep through the opening paragraph of the book. Okay. So it is, uh, it's only got five chapters. It's a very short book, which I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, chapter one, or it's actually broken up into starves, S-T-A-V-E. So starve one. Basically, it's a chapter, mate. <laughs> You've got your hoity-toity bounding. You're calling them starves. What's going on? Come on. Charles Dickens. Did uh, you say it's- bounding? Yeah. Yeah, right. That's cool. said binding like a nufty for my whole bloody life. I reckon life. it is binding, but bounding sounds nice. It does sound better. That's why I fully believed it to be. Let's go with that. Uh, chapter one is called Marley's Ghost. Uh, the book opens with a narrator telling us. Bob that... Marley. Yeah. yeah. He's never mentioned again. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> the book opens with a narrator telling us that Jacob Marley is dead. 
Very dead. Definitely dead. And this will make the story that they are about to tell much more impressive. Spoiler alert, it's called Marley's Ghost. The ghost would be a lot less impressive if Marley was alive. <laughs> but also a ghost. Actually, in some ways, way more impressive. <laughs> Marley's Ghost, in brackets, the time I mis- mistook my friend Bob Marley for a ghost. <laughs> I thought you were dead. Uh, Jacob Marley, who is definitely dead, in life was the business partner of a certain Ebenezer Scrooge. McDuck. That's right. <laughs> Together... They ran accounting house in London, which is basically the equivalent of a modern-day accounting office, which, if you listen to our other show, you'll know irks Jess something crazy. Those accountants suck. Did you say... So it was accounting house, and then they've merged that into... a accounting house. That's where accounting came from? Possibly. Whoa. They just deal with finances. They also lend money to people. They're not very uh, liked people in the book. Marley has been dead for seven years and Scrooge now runs the firm alone. Scrooge is an angry old man who hates life and everyone in it. Matt. (laughs) Matt, stop hating everyone. (laughs) I'm a happy old man who loves everyone in it. Oh, yeah. I got those two mixed up. The opposite of a Scrooge. I've only just learnt what love and hate are. You're a booge. They really telegraphed that this Scrooge guy was going to be a Scrooge when they named him Scrooge. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> hasn't become a thing since then. <laughs> uh, he's a real tight ass, as evidenced by the fact that it's Christmas Eve and freezing outside, and Scrooge sits in front of a tiny fireplace, and his worker, who is yet unnamed, has an even smaller, almost non-existent fire, which he can't grow because Scrooge keeps the coal under lock and key. What a piece of shit. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't no, no. you, I'm p- reading this you, right, yeah? You're picking up what Dickens is putting down? Yeah, I'm picking it up. He's not nice. So he's not a nice guy, but Scrooge's nephew Fred arrives, who's a much more cheery fellow. Fred. And Fred wishes his uncle a Merry Christmas, to which he replies with his angry catchphrase, bah, humbug. Ah, uh, yes. Do it, does that mean anything outside of this story? Yeah, so hum, I didn't know this, but humbug, I looked into it, is slang for a dishonest person or a scam. So that's oh. humbug. And this is how Scrooge sees Christmas. Basically, he says, why do all the poor people celebrate Christmas? They've got nothing to be happy about. They're poor. So he sees Christmas as like a scam. Right. Right, okay. So that's what he's saying. And he's looking out for the poor people. Going, oh. You're being scammed. No, basically, I no. don't celebrate it, and I screw you on Christmas. Uh, he doesn't like poor people very much. Right. I bought... he, just, he thinks they're dumb for falling for what? I mean, why are you celebrating anything? Do You're you poor. Re- relate to this character at all? Are you looking at me? I'm looking at, well, both of you from the affluent east. And hating the poor? Yes. Well, let me answer your question with an anecdote. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I, is that how you answer questions? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm learning so much. I bought my dad a, a Santa hat because we all wear little Santa hats at Christmas time. We're cute. I mostly make my family do it and they hate it, but I do it anyway. I bought dad a black one that says bar humbug on the front of it. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Does it answer your question? I don't. We hate the poor, yes. Does your da- <laughs> does your, is that because you think you see your dad as a Scrooge type? He doesn't like Christmas yeah. in your family? Yeah. I don't know how he feels about Christmas. He won't tell me how he feels about anything. <laughs> Open up to me, Dad. <laughs> Feelings, bah, humbug. How do you feel? I love Christmas. Well, 
You're See, not my dad. I'm halfway to Scrooge. Hate poor people, love Christmas. <laughs> mm. I'm the other way around. Hate Christmas, love poor people. Right. Yeah. What do we like? What do you think about me? Somewhere in between. It's a love-hate for you too, much like John Green. Are you John Green? Green's my favourite colour. There you go. <laughs> you know a guy called John? Yeah. Jess's dad. Yeah. Bar humbug. Bar humbug. So Scrooge probably puts it best when he says, for his feelings best, I should say, he says, quote, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart, he should. Okay. All right, mate. So he's really... so. That's his response to his nephew saying, Merry Christmas, Uncle. Yeah, fair. You know what they say, Merry Christmas on the lips, two pounds on the hips. (laughs) I love that we just left you hanging there. (laughs) I wish I knew that saying better so I could have really spoofed it hard. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you you what it is. I bet you wish you spoofed it hard. (laughs) I'm ever so tired. What day is it? <laughs> oh, the nephew doesn't give up and still invites his uncle to Christmas lunch, but of course he refuses and the two agree to disagree. Well, basically, the nephew agrees to disagree. Scrooge just keeps saying good afternoon until he leaves. So at this point... <laughs> he says it like nine times. <laughs> he, the guy's like, so you should come. Good afternoon. I'd love to have you there. Good afternoon. I said good afternoon. I reckon if you're Fred, I mean... Scrooge isn't a nice person to be around. Surely you don't like him very much. My thinking is Fred's just sticking around for the cash. <laughs> okay. Well, Scrooge is rich, is he not? He is very wealthy because so... of his miserly ways and also because of his wealth. And I highly doubt that he's got a loving wife and family of his own. So when he <laughs> kicks the bucket... yeah. Who's getting that cash? Oh, the only nephew ever paid any attention to me, maybe. That's what Fred's thinking. And his only nephew. His only nephew. Fred. Fred's getting everything, so he's just sucking up. Fuck off, Fred. I'm on to you. Yeah, fuck off, Fred. Windy little bitch. I like Fred. <laughs> you just told him to fuck off. I was, you know, I was committing to the to the bit Jess was doing, but I, I like Fred. We will come back to Fred later on and, and yeah. we'll see. Oh, we we'll will, see yeah. if it pans out for Matt. When who he's mega he's great, wealthy, yeah. or it pans out in Jess's favour, who thinks he's a little, little Is his prick. name Fred Scrooge? That's bad. That's badass. Although Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Do you guys remember the song called something like Ebenezer Be Good? You think of Johnny Be Good? Nah. It's like, like Matt. It was a 90s thinking, hit song. Are you thinking of Johnny Be Good? Ebenezer's good. He's a good, he's a good, Ebenezer good. Oh, Matt's thinking he's called Ebenezer good. good or something. <laughs> I'm not making that up. He's a good, man, listen. He's a good, he's a good. Is Ebenezer good? Uh, yeah, yeah, we remember. Yeah, that was a good song, Ebenezer wasn't good. it? Yeah, that was a fun one. Dave, wasn't that fun? I'll never get that out of my head. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good. Yeah, I'll be doing that in my sleep. Ebenezer good. Uh, but he's a good. Naughty, naughty, very naughty. Is this part of the same song? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're remembering more and more as you go along. I reckon that's real. 
that remembering that one convinced me that I, surely I'm not smart enough to make up naughty, naughty. <laughs> right. Well, I'll I'll find it if I can, and I will post it Thank on you. our social media and tag Matt in, and you'll feel great. So Fred leaves. Christmas lunch is happening tomorrow, but Ebenezer's not going to be there. Two portly gentlemen then call on Scrooge's office and ask for a donation so that they can help the needy celebrate Christmas by giving them clothing and warm food. But of course, our old mate Scrooge refuses and says he supports them already by supporting workhouses and jails. Oh, he if, supports jails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. And he says if they don't like it, well, they can die. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because I, I I imagine not everyone had considered that as an option. <laughs> yeah. Did he actually? Did he say that if they don't like it, they can die? Yes, that's a paraphrasing, but he does basically wow. say that. The two men then leave without a donation. Not surprisingly. Did Jim Carrey ever play Scrooge? Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? I'm not sure. Or am I thinking of Lemony Snicket? Bah humbug then. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to do all righty then. Bah humbug then. That is good. Bah humbug. <laughs> he walks out of a Christmas shop. Nobody go in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your favorite bit from Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, which we talked about on Matt's uh Primates podcast. So good. And I mean we were we probably weren't saying it was so good at the time, but after we <laughs> record that episode, we <laughs> those there's so many lines in it that have stuck with us ever since. And that's a sign of, of a great Early 90s. That's a classic. Comedy. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he says they can just all die. They can all die. Then people leave without donation. At the end of the workday, Scrooge very reluctantly agrees to let his one worker take the next day, which is Christmas Day, off, but only if he agrees to arrive early the day after. He's not very nice. Uh, Then Scrooge himself goes home to his house, walking through the dark streets to his lonely quarters that used to belong to Jacob Marley, his old business partner, who is definitely dead. Speaking of which... As Scrooge approaches his front door, through the fog he sees his giant door knocker, but it doesn't look like it usually does. In it he swears he can see the face of Jacob Marley looking up at him. But when he looks again, the door knocker is back to normal. A bit freaked out, he quickly rushes inside and the other side of the knocker looks normal and he just shrugs it off. But he does look under the bed and behind a few cupboards because he's feeling a bit freaked out. He's a bit spooked. He's spooked. He's Ebenezer spooked. That's good. That is good. (laughs) You could have got that out without a starter there. That could have changed everything. Yeah. But you are. I mean, you're still learning the language, so. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So he's spooked, but he he shrugs it off. He takes off his cravat and gets into his PJs. Oh, you didn't say he was wearing a cravat this whole time? I'm afraid he's just taken it off. He's now in pyjamas. Now I've changed my mind, though, because he was wearing a cravat this whole time. I didn't know he judged MasterChef. That's great. (laughs) That is an Australian reference there. You're welcome. Jeez, I like how he he unpacked it for the non-Australian listeners. Um, they'll get it. It was now. after he put his head in his hands <laughs> of like, do I just edit her out entirely? <laughs> Matt and Dave are great on this podcast. This show would be so much easier without guests. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just read the text here and we'd go home. 
Oh, no, he takes his cravat off and he gets into his pyjamas and he starts eating his gruel in front of another tiny fire. So he's wealthy. He doesn't even treat himself to a meal. Well, he does. It's just gruel. Gruel is, I mean, everything about it. I mean, the uh, name. I mean, but is it just that the name is associated with a bad meal now or was it always yuck? How do you spell gruel? G-R-U-E-L. Was it warm gruel or cold gruel? Warm. Oh, that's right. That, a bit of warm gruel. Was it? I think it was in Annie, or maybe it was mush. Was it gruel or mush? You love Annie. I love Annie. They were like, they go. Uh, the the orphan mistress goes. You won't be getting any hot gruel today, and the kids are like, "Yay! You'll be getting cold gruel." Ah, oh, sweet reveal. Boo! Yeah. Great. See, now you understand why I love it. And then yeah. they sing a song. I get it. I get it now. I think that was mush, not gruel, so I do apologize. I assume those two things are the same. Any, any heads out there? Is it something like porridge? Because porridge is great. It's kind of, I think it's porridge-like. It's very cheap and very nasty. And on The Simpsons, they're feeding us gruel. Actually, it's imitation gruel. <laughs> Nine out of ten orphans can't tell the difference. <laughs> There's a Simpsons reference. I had to get it in, people. So as Scrooge is eating, the carvings on his mantelpiece appear to also turn into his old friend Jacob Marley's face. He says, humbug, and again shrugs it off. But then he hears an old disused bell ringing from the ceiling. And he's like, that's a bit weird. That bell's disused. Why does he have a bell on his ceiling? It is explained. It was used in an old factory. Yeah, grow up, Jess. Come on, Jess. Too many questions about things that have obviously been explained. That I read yep. that you haven't. Yep, you're absolutely right. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's got a bell on the roof yeah, in their disused okay. factory. Yes. I'm what? sure I read that he was living in a disused factory. Do you remember when I read that? I don't live in a disused factory, oh. so I didn't know about the bell thing. Wow. I'm sorry. You wouldn't, would no, you? No, because I live in an apartment. Yeah, fancy apartment with your butler and your bloody oh. gold buttons. <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I've and seen, several bells. I've looked through your windows. Your Why? fancy houses. Why don't you just come in? Well, is that an option? Of course. You're always welcome at my house. Oh, well, that. Oh. I'll pop the kettle on. That's it. I know where it is. No, I don't want to be a trouble. I'll get the butler to do no, it. No, please. I, can't, I couldn't. All right. See ya. Please stop looking through my window, though. <laughs> That's odd. Looking at all of them buttons. <laughs> what is she doing with all these buttons? <laughs> So the bell is ringing. Then he hears the cellar door open and in walks the ghost of Jacob Marley. What? See the one with all the chains? Yes, he appears as a transparent spectre carrying a large chain with cash boxes and padlocks and other metal items attached to the chain. He's dragging it around. Scrooge. He'll scratch the floorboards. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Scrooge could see through the spectre. It's like a see-through ghost. And he says, quote, well, the narrator says, quote, Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but never believed it until now because <laughs> he can see through his gut. He had no bowels. What a weird what gossip a, thing Yeah, what a say. weird rumour that everyone's saying in London. I hear he's got no bowels. <laughs> and I that, also heard he's got no bowels. What would give you that impression? Does, does that mean that you can see all his other organs in ghost form? But just not his bad. And he's just like going, all right, there's the liver, a couple of kidneys. Yeah, we've got that? the blood Because that'd there. be the first thing I'd be looking for yeah. if I saw it, the ghost of my former business partner. Where's the gallbladder? Hang on, where's the large intestine? 
wonder what they meant by that. Oh, so many follow-up questions. Love that line. I had to share it because I also questioned it. I think it's been a bit cheeky, aren't they? I think maybe saying. I think it might be heard. People often said he had no guts, but now he confirms it. Right. Yeah. So back then, bowel was sort of like a euphemism for strength. Intestinal Guts. fortitude. Yeah, people often heard that he had. Maybe no heart would have made sense. Yeah, because I haven't heard. Yeah, bowels. You don't really. But I don't think Scrooge wouldn't have really cared if you didn't have a heart. Yeah, that's right. And Dickens doesn't go for the most obvious. He goes for the tenth most obvious. He goes yeah. for the tenth most obvious <laughs> organ. Yeah, he's like, okay. He did a poll. Everyone's thinking. He did a liver. family feud. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everyone name an organ. Boop. He'd be good at pointless. Yeah, that's right. The tenth most popular, um, bow. I'll have to take it. There was a, I think they're Australian metal band in the late nineties, early two thousands called Bow Mouth. Is that a what? That's a that's wild gross. <laughs> bow mouth. Yeah, I don't like that. Never found out the origin story, but I bet it's bloody real good. Probably from a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, probably. So Marley's standing there, and he starts to talk, but Scrooge still refuses to believe what he is seeing. Marley asks why he doubts his senses and Scrooge says, quote, a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheat. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blood of mustard, a crumb of cheese or a fragment of underdone potato. Oh, is anyone else getting hungry? Underdone potato. Is making him see this ghost. I think. With no bowel. That's talking to him. And he's like, oh, this is just because I ate undercooked of... <laughs> potato. And a bit of mustard. Also, this guy doesn't eat mustard. He eats gruel. Yeah, where's he getting this beef Come and mustard on. from? You're not eating beef. But eventually he admits that he believes what he's seeing and that he's seeing Marley's ghost. And the ghost explains that in the seven years since that he has died, he has been constantly walking the earth, bound by chains because of the way he acted in life. Basically, his sins. He explains to Scrooge that they had both committed the same sins and had the same length chain when Marley died seven years earlier, but that Scrooge has continued to live a bad life and his chain is now even longer. Do you think they sing the Tina Arena song, Chains? And oh, I, think it would sound... I was thinking uh, I Touch Myself. No, that's Devonals. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> she also had a song like some... Go on. <laughs> no, she, her, her first hit... She she had a song. What was her name again? Tina Ray. Tina Ray. I want your body. I got to have your body. I want your body. Please stop singing. Isn't that? that... You're making us uncomfortable. It's it's an uncomfortable song. <laughs> so Jacob Marley's standing there in chains saying, hey, mate, when you die, your chain's going to be even longer because you've been even worse than me. Marley explains that he's on a mission to save Scrooge and that the only way that that can happen is if Scrooge is visited by three more ghosts, this time, this time Christmas ghosts, over the following three days, to which, of course, Scrooge replies, I think I'd rather not. <laughs> That's fair. I like don't want that. Like that's an option. Thank I've, you so much, but appreciate the offer, but nah. I've got other plans this three day weekend. Not, not for me. No, thank no, you. Thank he, he then, Jacob, I'll take the chain. Marley says this is going to happen, and then he says, so he tries to reschedule. He says, uh, "Can't they all come at once, and I get it over and done with?" That's smart. Yeah, that's. I love he's trying to replan it. Why like, one a day? Can you make this? Yeah. Or is quicker? it? Could you just convince me now? Save us yeah. all the hassle. Come on, I'll give you five minutes. Just let us, like, oh, I've seen that you're a ghost who has to walk the, the earth in chains and I could be a, just be good now and not make that happen. I'm going to need to talk to these other ghosts. 
But if you I'm could not spread it yet. out so it's a really inconvenient thing for me. But maybe it could work as a sort of like a three-act play. Then that would be good, I guess. Yeah, we could. I mean, the author of this really needs to sell books. But the American tour didn't go well. So it's got to move units. Listen to the ghosts. Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, the Spectre of Marley brings Scrooge to the window to show him all the other spirits flying about with their chains weighing them down. Oh. And Scrooge recognises them, or some of them, as people he used to know. Greg from the chain store. As <laughs> <laughs> always with his chains. There's Chris with the chainsaw. <laughs> Even in death. Chainsaw quiffs. <laughs> Still quiffs. got the chains. <laughs> chainsaw quiffs. Yeah. <laughs> Names were different back then. <laughs> They all had F's in there. Bicycle Bill with his chain. Bicycle Bilfs. So this sort of freaks Scrooge out a bit. Then the ghost disappears and leaves Scrooge alone, who shows his true terror by jumping into bed and falling straight to sleep. (laughs) I'm so scared. I get. I find. I. You know when um uh, certain scenarios make you do different things. If there's like. Um, some sort of drama uh, that I can't do much about, that makes me real tired and want to go to sleep. Give us an example. Um, say, So you're on a plane, the oxygen mask comes down yeah. because <laughs> the plane's going down. You're just like, no, no. Wait, oh, like, shit, i got to put this mask on first. Yeah, like if I had to. So there's, if, there's no, if it's out of my control, something like that, I reckon I would probably could doze as the plane went down. I reckon that's a fight or flight adrenaline kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, fight, flight, or... Nap. Or night-night. Night-night. <laughs> fight, flight, night-night. Maybe not that. Maybe not that. But something. So Some says, other example, though. Give me all your that's money. great, Matt. Thank you so much for that compelling argument. Give me all your money. Or I'll stab you. I mean, I can You're do something. You're just like, mate, I'm going to lie down here. Give me five minutes and I'll come back with a clear head Yeah, and I'll make my decision. Well, I think there's, I mean, that's an example where I could do something. Well, I mean, you said this bold statement and you can't back it up. Um, Let's see. So I think what you're ultimately saying is that sometimes you just get tired. Yeah, it normally happens around night time. Okay. Hmm. Well, that was chapter one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God there's only five. Hey team, Dave here to tell you that this episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by a book, which I am extremely proud to say. It's really great this week to be sponsored by HarperCollins and the novel November Road. Let me tell you a little bit about it. From award-winning author Lou Burney comes a poignant and evocative crime novel featuring a desperate chase across 1960s America, set against the backdrop of the JFK assassination. Crime and history, bang, you've got me on board already. Sounds great. The novel follows three principal characters, a charmingly immoral mob fixer, a wife and mother from small town Oklahoma, and a terrifying hitman. Now, it's not about the JFK assassination per se, but it looks at the assassination and the way it acted as a catalyst for change in the actions and mindset of everyday Americans. It's been getting great reviews all over the place, and just to give this novel even more cred, November Road has been picked up by Lawrence Castan for film adaptation. Now, Lawrence Castan might sound familiar to many of you because he is the co-writer of the Star Wars films The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, two of the greatest films ever, as well as one of my all-time favourite films, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So really excited to see what Castan does with November Road. November Road is the perfect gift for fans of crime novels, an excellent beach read, and one to read before you see the movie. 
November Road is out now through HarperCollins and is available at all good book retailers. If you're looking for a great read, I recommend you check it out. All right, now back to the show. <laughs> On to chapter two. The first of three spirits. He really signposts what's happening. That's the title of the That's chapter. That's the title. Well, not the chapter. The, the stave. stave. The stave. The title of the stave is the first of three spirits. Scrooge wakes up and hears the clock strike 12, which freaks him out as he went to bed at 2 a.m. He can't work out if he slept through until midday or it's midnight the next night. He's freaking out. Right. He remembers Marley's ghost say that the first Christmas ghost will arrive at 1 a.m. And bang on 1 a.m., the ghost appears, very punctual. So he sort of works out that he's actually gone back in time a little bit to midnight. Oh. Then it's 1 a.m. That's weird. Is there any reason for that? Like I think it's just to show the power of the ghost. Right. The power of the ghost. Basically, it's the power. The power of the ghost. The ghostly power. That's a different Huey Lewis song. (laughs) (laughs) Tip to be square. They all sound very similar, to be fair. Thanks. They've got a very certain style. It's the news. Yeah. So the ghost has appeared. The ghost explains that they are the ghost of Christmas past. This spectre is very small in height and changes appearance. This is a quote from the narrator. The figure itself fluctuated in its distinctness, being now a thing with one arm. Now with one leg, now with 20 legs, now a pair of legs without a head, now a head without a body. <laughs> Imagine looking at that. Whoa. Imagine being the actor trying to portray that in a film adaptation. Fred Flintstone. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it attempted even in cartoons and stuff. No. Like, to Muppets, definitely. No, it's, it's just a bit overwhelming. Yeah, that sounds mm. full on. feels like technology should be up to that now. I wonder if the Jim Carrey adaptation from 2009 included any such things. Oh, so you can confirm he did it in 2009? He did, yes. He did. Uh, And it was called A Christmas Carol. It was a performance capture film uh, directed by old mate Robert Zemeckis, who also did the Back to the Future films. Mm. Very cool. Who starred... Well, didn't star. Cameoed Huey Lewis. Oh, I was going to go for Michael J. Fox. And Michael J. Fox Back from Family Ties. Family Ties. It all oh comes my God. together. It all Family Ties together. I hate you. Uh, so this is the first ghost. The ghost takes Scrooge on a journey. Ooh. Scrooge is worried that he can't. Don't fl- stop. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. He goes to the discography of Journey. That's right. No, what, Scrooge is worried that he can't fly like the ghost and will fall, but the ghost touches him on his heart. Symbolic. And they walk through the wall together. Symbolic. Symbolic. <laughs> only, when they, only when he touches his heart. Weird. It gives him the power. 
the power of walking through walls. But on the other side of the wall isn't the city outside Scrooge's house. No, they have travelled back in time to Scrooge's childhood and to the countryside where he grew up. You know how the ghost earlier sent time back two hours? It could have If that was to show the power of the ghost, surely this actually going fully back in time would have done the job. Yeah, just let him sleep. <laughs> oh, you're saying as a writer, yeah. you're about to show him go back in time to a childhood <laughs> yeah. 50 years beforehand. Why do the hour thing? It's, Just, it was confusing. It's a couple of pages. I guess it was it was first a little bit of mystery or something. Also trying to bulk out the pages. <laughs> the, the final cut was only in like 95 pages. He's like, oh, how people, people won't buy this. Hang on, I'll just bind it very thick, nicely. Thick binding. I'll bound it up. Uh, so he's back in his old childhood and the ghost explains to him that uh, this is just a memory. You can't talk to these people, but you'll be able to ob- that's observe. That's a classic. That's, they use that in, in so many of the adaptations and, and Scrooge will be like yelling. He'll be like, no, please. Don't, Chris, don't go in there. <laughs> no, no. But the, I, I imagine that that was the Jim Carrey adaptation, which was probably <laughs> 1 million percent Jim Carrey. He went full Jim Carrey. He went full Jim Carrey. <laughs> Never hey, go full Jim Carrey. He hasn't Carey. gone full Carrey since the 90s, has he? No. no. Do you reckon he's still got it in him oh, to um, go full Carrey? Have you seen him interviewed in recent times? He no. goes full Carrey when he's just being Carrey because he doesn't. He tells you he doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, he did go full Carrey. Anyways, back in his childhood... Uh, countryside, he sees his old friends and recognises all the parts of the town and begins to cry. The ghost takes him to, into his old school and says one boy has been left all alone on Christmas and Scrooge says, I know. Of course, Scrooge sees himself alone for Christmas in the boarding school. Ah. Uh, Very sad. starting to get some answers here. Yeah, this is the ghost of Christmas past, remember. This is a Christmas past. Yeah, no, we got it. He's seeing himself as a little boy. Scrooge... A lonely Seeing himself boy. starts to cry and the ghost asks him what the matter is and he says, nothing, there was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I would have liked to have given him something. That's all. Instead, he basically yelled through the door to piss off to this Christmas right. caroler. You can already sense that some of the ice is melting. Oh, around his heart. Around his heart. He's crying over a Christmas caroler. This is the man that wants Christmas people that celebrate Christmas to die. Oh, they jump forward to another Christmas, this one much happier as Scrooge sees his younger sister, Fan, arrive to take her brother home. She tells them that their father is much nicer now and she asked if Ebenezer could come home and the father said yes. Not a very happy childhood. The ghost speaks of Fan in the past tenses. She has since died, but reminds Scrooge that she had a child that lives on. His nephew, Fred. Ah, uh, yes. From earlier. That makes huh? sense. I was like, I didn't know he had a sister, but the nephew part does make sense mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. I understand how families work. It does, You know how I always think with um, you have a villain like this and they're showing why he grew up to be grumpy and stuff. Surely th- that all goes some way to forgiving him for what he becomes, right? Like wh- why if, if someone's had such a tough childhood and they become a grumpy old guy, it's like, well, you know, that's, it's all good reason. Surely he doesn't have to walk the earth for the rest of his time in chains just because he, you know, he, he, like anyone who had that childhood probably would have ended up a bit rough in older age, right? Am I wrong? No, 
No, I see what you mean. What like kind if, of system is this? Like if he if he grew up really privileged and in like a, a you know relatively happy home, and then just chose to be an asshole, he yeah. deserves the chains. But if he if if you have a a great upbringing, you end up being a happy old guy. Why does Chains. he deserve to have a happy afterlife, whereas this other guy has had a real rough? I mean, is this the kind of philosophical stuff you get into in this show? No, I, I, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, well, I, it doesn't seem like a, that fair a system, does it? But, but I mean, that's Dickensian. I know, but just because I like saying Dickensian, because you were treated badly, doesn't mean you have to treat others badly. Okay, no, Matt. True. But I'm, I just don't know, like. Um, I've been I'm lucky to grow up in a loving family, that sort of stuff. So it feels like it's easy to know that when you've grown up with uh, in in happiness, right? Whereas if you haven't, then that's tough. And how how do you know? You, you've never learnt those lessons potentially. You're yes, very but, quick to empathise for him, but I don't think nice. you should ever act like he does. He is ter- a horrible person at the, at the start of the book, but he's already. He's already yeah. You'd think like they'd uh, he'd slowly he'd slowly get nicer or acknowledge it, but it's like straight away he's like oh yeah he cries straight away yeah. It is also the second ghost he's already seen. Oh in one true, night. he's had a big he must big day. pretty quickly be going like that. Oh, there's something to this. Yeah. He must be thinking that potato was really undercooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they jump forward again in time, and the memory that they visit is Scrooge being dumped by his young and beautiful fiance named Belle. She's breaking up with him because Scrooge has changed and is now obsessed with money and has become a greedy man in her eyes. They fell in love when they were both young and poor, but she sees him as different now. That They're no longer compatible. What an idiot. Marry the rich guy. Are you kidding? If there's any rich hotties out there looking for a bride, <laughs> uh, call me. Uh, chain me up. <laughs> no, but call me. What if they're gold chains? Okay, I'm oh, listening. Hello, T Pain. Hmm. <laughs> yes, is that this you? Is, this is T Pain. <laughs> He'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> that was not." I was like, "Am I going to be able to do this impersonation of auto tune?" And the answer is, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> the answer is, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why? <laughs> Just go and have a go. No, thank you. Oh, all right. <laughs> Can you make mine sound like it was auto-tuned in post, please? <laughs> oh, I'll enjoy doing that. Thanks. Uh, the final Christmas that Scrooge is taking to isn't his Christmas, but Belle's Christmas, the ex-fiancé. Uh-oh. It's the Christmas that could have been. He sees Belle and her now husband and her children, and they're all very happy together. The husband remarks that he saw her old flame Scrooge earlier in the day in his office, and the husband says, quote, There he sat alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. She's really hammering oh, on my mind. I love that. I love that he's still bitter about her ex. Yeah, still bagging out. Oh, hey, that guy's well, definitely not well. as good looking as I am. Yeah, I saw him sitting alone and uh, naked, and it was not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yelled, "Is that it?" And he said, <laughs> "Yeah, this is definitely all I've got. I've got a small one." And I was like, "All right." Oh, Where do you tell me that? I'm telling Belle. And he said, yeah, you tell Belle. Tell Belle. And when I said one, I'm talking about my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, honey, how was your day? <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> uh, with this, Scrooge can't take anymore and begs to be taken back. Oh, stop telling everyone about my wang. <laughs> this <Well>. is weird. <laughs> it is weird that her, her his ex's 
husband is now like bitching about him. It's like sort out your own insecurities, man. You don't have mm. to bring other people down just because you on. don't feel secure in yourself. Come on. Bell's I mean, husband. she married you. You guys have started a family together. You won. You won. No, if it's there was about, a competition, you've won It's it. not about winning. What I was trying to get And at, also if it was a competition for Wang size, you've also apparently won that. Yeah. Mm. So what were you getting at? Is I was a, just trying to get at that if you have any kind of insecurity in the relationship, you should be able to communicate that with Belle. And if you can't, well. Maybe you should look at um, talking to someone. Couples Maybe therapy. Couples therapy. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that, We've got to get rid of the stigma yeah. around just asking for help. If you, if you Whatever need, your name is. If you is. need help, ask for help. Yeah. Uh, Scrooge's ex-wife, Belle's. Now husband. Now husband. Probably Greg. Probably Greg, it's isn't probably it? probably Greg. Greg and Belle. Oh, that's Bell beautiful. Belle and Greg. Oh, that's a beautiful couple name. Belle and Greg. Belle and Greg. Is that what people are calling? Yeah. Is that what people are calling me on the street? People yeah, are calling me oh, Belle and Greg. See, look how insecure he is. Because oh, um, my I one feel, is way bigger than Scrooge. I feel the most sorry for Belle and Greg. Belle and Greg. May as well, you should call me Big Ben Belle and Greg. Big Ben Belle and Greg. Yeah. Oh, th- that's what I want to be called. Yeah. Why can't you choose your own nicknames? It's really annoying. Because mine's really big and it's got a crack in it and people, tourists come and take photos of the building around it thinking that actually it's the building is called Big Ben, but it's actually my dick. Yeah. <laughs> the building around it, that's, come on. Yeah. So just remember that next time you come. If to I trimmed the building around it, it would London look... London Town, aka my crotch. <laughs> if I trimmed the building around it, it would look way bigger. Yeah. Think about that. And then get, get a photo, it'll last longer. <laughs> Anyway, Scrooge can't take any more, and he begs to be taken back to his house. He begs to be taken home. And take go- me home. The ghost lets him have his wish. Suddenly, Scrooge is back in his house, and he falls back into bed and falls asleep. Ter- he's a good terrifying. sleeper. He's a real good he's sleeper. Really, he's such a good sleeper. He's really tired. I'm quite jealous. I I'm reckon not a good sleeper. I've got whatever that thing he's got. It's like whoa, a lot of stuff. Good sleep. Whoa. Oh. Oh, good. Oh. Yeah. Pooped. Because it feels like you should be like, your mind should be racing. Your mind never races, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Matt's mind racing is... Something said. <laughs> well, not not good. good. What was it? Uh, chapter three, the second of three spirits. Ooh. All right. All right, we're getting juicy here. Scrooge again wakes up in his bed and waits for the second ghost to appear. It's good that he woke up in his bed. Mm. It's he worse wa- when you wake up on the toilet. And you're like, oh, no, not again. (laughs) Hypothetically. I mean, sleep shitting. (laughs) It's working when you wake up shitting in the bed. (laughs) Oh, not again. Why didn't I wake up on the toilet? (laughs) So he wakes up. He's waiting for the second ghost to appear. He waits and he waits, but nothing. It's well after the predicted time, so Scrooge goes wandering through his house and finds the next ghost waiting for him. Ah, This ghost is a bit of power play. Uh, it's the ghost of Christmas present who, unlike the previous ghost, is a giant. Ooh. Oh, yeah, this ghost great. Love that bit of contrast. Yeah. He is wearing. The next one's going to be just right. Oh, super creepy. Oh. He the is... ghost of Christmas present is a gift. That's why they call it the, the, pre... the ghost of Christmas present. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. He is wearing a robe. Ooh. And get Scrooge to touch it before they head off on their journey. Hugh and he, Hefner. It's and Hugh he Hefner. splits it down the middle a little bit <laughs> so I can see his junk. 
also giant. Also yeah. giant. What a also pez. giant. They're all bloody. Well, I mean, it's all giant compared to Ebenezer's <laughs> little pecker. <laughs> oh, come on. People are really calling. Oh, Bell and Greg over here. <laughs> Big Ben, Bell and Greg. <laughs> the first stop on this journey is the house of his worker, the one he didn't want to give time off to on Christmas. His name is Bob Cratchit, and his family are preparing a Christmas dinner. Doesn't he have heaps of kids? Including a tiny kid. That's right. We're going to get to that kid. Okay. Although they were very poor, they seemed very happy together. Aww. Having a good time. What's that like? Being very poor. And happy. Yeah. No, neither. Both foreign concepts to us. Yeah. And they have a little Christmas tree twig. In... Yeah. But they all applaud it. They That's applaud beautiful. it. beautiful. <laughs> oh, a large twig. Much larger than last year's twig. Aww. And bigger than Uncle Scrooge's. <laughs> Twig, twig. <laughs> That's beautiful. Bob comes in with his son, Tiny Tim, on <gasps> his shoulders. The, the old singer with the ukulele? Kermit. Yeah, little Kermit. Yeah, Kermit's yeah. Crutchet. In, um, yeah. That's right. And then Tiny Tim's a, a smaller version like of mini, Kermit. Mini Kermit. Oh, it's so cute, isn't it? Uh, Tiny That's how Tim, genetics works. Tiny Tim, for those who are unfamiliar, is very small and is disabled and walks with a crutch. Yeah. Scrooge... Immediately feels sorry for this young boy. He asks the ghosts if Tiny Tim will live, and the ghost says, "Unless something changes, the answer is no." Aww. Something changes, like that family gets a big turkey for Christmas. <laughs> he needs a good feed. <laughs> that is needs, so patronising. He needs from that one ghost. good feed. Yeah, they That's do the not understand. And leftovers. That yeah, look, it's a sandwich the next day. The people's understanding of the human body and. And these kind of medical conditions were different back then. Yeah. And they thought a good feed was going to save this kid. Big succulent turkey. Oh, no, I've been shot with an arrow. Don't worry. A big feed will sort you out, pal. Yeah, here, have an extra serving of gruel. Oh, thank you. Do you like turkey, Dave? Love it. I reckon turkeys. I saw a picture of one the other day because it was Thanksgiving a couple of months ago in whatever the time is now in America. And... Uh, they are the most beautiful, ugly creatures yeah. I've ever seen. They're so majestic looking, but their heads are real fugly. They're like the French bulldog of birds. French bulldog, beautiful Or the dog. pug of birds. You know, like they're like they're so cute, so cute, and, and so ugly. How do they do it? But so cute. Yeah, it's kind it's of like, like the Dave. I was thinking that as well. Thank you. How so does he much. do it? How does he matter? How do you Thank get? You. Oh, look, because I obviously only have the fuglo part. Mm. Uh, but how yeah, do you squeeze in? It's the eyes, I guess. I've only got the cute part. Yeah. You and me together. We make it, a Dave. We make a Dave. <laughs> you make Let's a make a Dave, Dave of it. <laughs> Let's make a Davey. <laughs> yeah. Is that a baby? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, good to know that I am the pug of the pod. Appreciate that. Mwah. I hope you took that as a compliment. It was I did when you were talking as... turkeys. We're talking turkey, yeah. See that? Love turkeys. They are. Do you like eating them? I do. They t- they taste. Like I don't time. think I've ever eaten a turkey. Is it only? Is it something that you only eat at Christmas? I'll have the occasional turkey sandwich. Yeah, because oh, I remember right. when I did eat meat, that was really the only time that turkey was an option. Yeah, so it's, it's rarely available as sandwich meat here. But yeah, turkey at Christmas. Always had those growing up. Mm. Loved it. Love them. Gobble, gobble. So it's not looking good for Tiny Tim. Uh, the family have a great Christmas together, however, and the only down point is when Bob's wife, uh, Martha, mentions his evil boss, Scrooge. It really dampens the mood for the whole party. For 10 minutes, the mood is down, and then they move on to something else. 
which is a bit of a slap in the face for Scrooge watching on. But um, do like, they stick with it in the book that whole ten minutes? It's just where we get the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't act out the conversation. So, wow. oh yeah. But um, all I can think about is that ugly old face now. Yeah, and his little dick. Obviously, there's no issues with having a small dick. Absolutely. Obviously, not. I forget that you got listeners out there probably have small dicks. Um, no. There is no. <laughs> There's no problem with having small dicks. Small dicks are people too. Small dicks are beautiful. It can be. Depends. It all depends. Some big dicks are ugly. Some small dicks are beautiful. I think everyone should remember that. Uh, sh- stop shaming the people with big dicks. Only rude. ugly big dicks. Thank you. And also, ugly big dicks, they have their own kind of beauty as well. And I think all of God's dicks are beautiful. Thanks for being brave and sharing that. <laughs> Uh, Scrooge continues on his journey and visits a ship where sailors are having their Christmas together. A ship. Mm. Okay. That's so, a new thing. So we're on now we're on the ocean. Yeah, so he uh, this this uh, chapter is basically a montage from here on out of different Christmases, Christmas present, what people are doing this year. Uh, this section, I'm just mentioning it because it includes my favourite part in the book. Quote, this is the sailors, joining their horny hands <laughs> over the rough table at which they sat. They wished each other Merry Christmas in their can of grog. <laughs> Let's all join horny hands. What does you, that mean? You've been at sea for a few months. Is, does it mean does horny? No, it must be different. But horny is a private feeling. You know, if you're feeling horny, that's okay. No shame. But, but you don't have to tell your friends. Especially at Christmas lunch. Yeah. But, Jess, I mean, on the open sea, yeah, you're in international waters, I assume. Yeah. I guess. The same rules apply in a plane. Really? Yeah. If you have horny hands in That's a plane. That's why I kept telling you on the plane. Oh, I was wondering why that was. It felt it felt a bit full on. I kept singing, ah, oh, my honey, ah, honey, honey, honey. And hands. you said, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I whispered it for eight hours. I, I had some real weird dreams. <laughs> real horny weird dreams. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, Scrooge and the ghost hop from Christmas to Christmas. The most significant party they visit is that of Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Fred laughs and tells the others how he invited his uncle, but that he refused to come. He really laughs about it. This is how the narrator describes it. Ha ha, laughed Scrooge's nephew. Ha ha ha. If you should happen by any unlikely chance to know a man more blessed in a laugh than Scrooge's nephew, all I can say is, I should like to know him too. Introduce him to me and I'll cultivate his acquaintance. Is that him talking about himself? What did I miss there? That's no, the narrator, the narrator describing oh, right. Sorry, the laugh. Right. I enjoy that a lot. I'll, yeah, I love it when a narrator comes in and and is asking for, you know, yeah. email him. I want to meet him. He did not leave his Send him address. Send <laughs> Uh, everyone else is rude about Scrooge, but Fred is kind and says he has a real soft spot for his uncle. And no matter how rude he is, he doesn't. Uh, he can't seem to not like him. Oh, do go on, Fred," said oh. said Scrooge's niece. Hmm? Eh? like the podcast we do together. Do go on. What's that? Yeah, not bad. And now, if people ask, we can now say we are named after a Charles Dickens quote. <gasps> Sounds yes. very highbrow. We're very Dickensian. Can we say it's Dickensian? It's a Dickensian thing. You was, probably wouldn't get it. Someone said Dickensian uh, to me a couple of months ago on uh, on radio, and I was like, sort of hand over the mic. What does Dickensian mean? <laughs> and they told me like I was an idiot, and I I'm so stoked to be getting to say it here tonight. 
Anyway, go on with your Dickensian tale. It's so good. Like Dickensy, obviously, way less good, but Dickensian. It's lovely, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. I love it. I love Dickensian. I think it's fantastic. Let him go time. on. I also love Edwardian. Edwardian's oh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Oh, what Edwardian. Yes. Oh, so we're still at Fred's party. Uh, they play a game where someone thinks of something and everyone has to work it out asking yes or no questions. That this party's going off. <laughs> very boring party. Uh, someone says they are thinking of a wild animal. It turns out to be Scrooge. Uh-huh. Scrooge is watching this happen and he can't say anything. So he could, he's like, I imagine, wanting to slap these people, but he can't. So one of the questions is, does it have a tiny dick? <laughs> yes. yes. Is it Scrooge? Yes. How would you get it in two questions? <laughs> uh, finally, Scrooge is shown... Uh, two starving children wandering a desolate wasteland. He is told that the kids' names are ignorance and want. Terrible names. Mm. What was that? But what if were their you had to, thinking? If you had to choose one of them, what'd you go for? I'd probably go ignorance. Yeah, you can do more Iggy? with that. Iggy. Iggy's Thank nice. you. Yes. The, what's the other one? Wanna. Want. Want. Ant. Ant. Ants. I don't mind ant. Iggy and ant. Iggy or, and that. Or wantony. Oh. Wantony. Antony. Wantony. Wantony. Uh, when Scrooge inquires about their well-being, he asks about uh, Iggy and Wantony. <laughs> um, the, the ghost replies by quoting what Scrooge said to the charity man who asked him for a donation at the start of the book. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Mm. Good question. What's a, what? what's a workhouse? Oh, basically um, for uneducated uh, children that could go and... Oh, yes. Go, you know, a workhouse, which is basically... Which Charles Dickens himself... Worked in when he was growing up. Right. So he was one of the, a lot of the famous writers like Jane Austen and stuff like that were quite wealthy and they could just choose to write. But he started from the bottom and now he's here. Right. He's so here? Yeah. <laughs> I read oh, that he, he, he spent 12 hours a day as a kid repetitively putting labels on boot polish. At a workhouse. Yeah. So it's sort of like a factory. It's just the chance. To yeah. Be basically with semi-slave labor of kids. Right. Yeah. They're treated right. terribly. Uh, so that's why he would write a lot of novels like this that mm. sort of comment on the society because right. that's where he came from. And he ended up being extremely wealthy and very influential and he used a lot of his money to help poor and Did he really? Yeah. So we like Dickens. Yeah. I just assume everyone from the past is bad in some way. You assume they're a bit of a dick? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I like the almost silent ones. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of uh, Chapter 3. Chapter 4, The Last of the Spirits. Oh, the third and final Christmas ghost appears immediately after the second one, so he doesn't have to go back to bed this oh, time. Oh, thank God. Scrooge asks if it's the ghost of Christmas future, and it doesn't respond. This is a silent ghost that just points at stuff. Spooky. Ooh. Yeah, it's the spookiest looking one, right? Although the first one with its shape-shifting things. Yeah, but this one is, yeah, more it's more classic, mysterious. Like... It's like uh, it's described as like sort of being a like a dark mist sort of around it kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I think I've seen it sort of more look like the uh, classic sort of death. Yeah, that, yeah, that definitely rings true for That's what I was imagining. It, yeah. yeah, First they head to, over to a stock exchange where Scrooge overhears wealthy business people that he knows talking about a dead man. None of them want to go to the funeral and the only one who volunteers says he will only go if there is a free lunch involved. That's fair. Love a free lunch. I love a free lunch. They say there's no, no such, such thing. thing. They say that. Um, have lunch with your parents. They always pay. Uh, but, yeah, what's the cost? 
I have to have lunch with my parents. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, okay. I get it now. You get it now. Huh? 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 It's not always money that you're paying with. Sometimes yeah. it's your life. Your time. And hearing anecdotes. <laughs> that you've heard so many times. So many. He just keeps telling him. It's like, uh-huh. What? <laughs> Well, if you say what, he's going to start again. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't listening. Can you start from the top? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> Don't ask what. My favourite part of that was Matt just frowning at me while I talked. <laughs> that was nice. Matt you enjoys spending time with his family. I do. I do love them very much. Well, uh, don't we all love spending time with our family? No, I do. I love my You all love spending time, time with my you? family. Your family's great. Yeah, I always say to your dad, huh? What? <laughs> what? Huh? And he starts again. What kind of anecdotes are we talking about here? Fun ones of his schooling days. Oh, they're fun ones. Yeah, fun anecdotes that I love to hear. Oh, okay, yeah. Are you misinterpreting my tone and facial expressions again? I'm sorry. Very tired. <laughs> yeah, I know, buddy. But also loving this podcast. It's an honour to be in the, the greatest podcast in the land. Thank you. Scrooge is more men talking about the deceased and they speak about uh, the the person as if it was nothing, then move right on to discussing the weather. Mm-hmm. So they don't care. The ghost then takes Scrooge to an undertaker where the people that are supposed to be preparing the corpse for burial are instead robbing the clothing and possessions of the body and arguing about who gets to keep what. And who gets to pack the anus. Yeah. Yeah, please. Please let it be me. The best part of their job. Please. What was it? What did they pack the anus with again, Dave? It's for an open cask. Right. But what was it? It's just with stuffing or whatever. S- no, like cotton. Yeah, st- it's cotton. Yeah, pack it with cotton, but also pump the body, replace the blood with like uh, formaldehyde and chemicals and things like that. I, do, I don't know why I asked. Sew the lips shut, put the makeup why on the body. I? I don't know why. I, I don't know why. And I there asked. she is, as you remember her, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so great. She's wearing plastic underpants in case her bowels collapse. If and, she had them. Um... And there she is. <laughs> If you've got no idea what we're talking about, listen to, I think it's episode 10 of our podcast, Do Go On, The Burial, Cremation or Other, where I go through the different things that you can do to your body, what that can happen to your body after you die. And the correct one to do is anything but open casket because yeah. it is horrifying. They pack your ass. Full cotton. of cotton and then pump you full of stuff. As we just said, we're repeating it. Just to recap, <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Uh, So he's seeing the body being robbed and Scrooge Scrooge begs the ghost to let him see a death where there's at least some compassion. Strange, but that's what he asked for. The ghost then takes him to see his employee, Bob Cratchit, and they visit the home where the family is devastated that Tiny Tim has died. Upset by this, Scrooge asks to know the identity of the body that was being robbed and not cared about earlier in the chapter. Rather than answer, the ghost just takes him to a rundown old cemetery. Scrooge asks if it's if this is the destined future or just a possible version of it. Ghost doesn't answer, but sort of hints that it's just the possible version. The ghost then points to a grave and it says, Ebenezer Scrooge. What are the odds? He, of course, freaks out and says, quote, Spirit, I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been for this intercourse. So wait. Sorry, what? (laughs) No, no, no. Okay. He... All he's seen so far is that he will die. Yeah. Had he not yet figured out that that is inevitable? No, not me. 
But he, I get Eos. Yeah, that does. No, he, like he saw his also, own tombstone. He's, he's like, oh no, death. No, Did he somehow p- think that he would be loved in death, even though he's an asshole to everyone? Yeah, I think that he, he's, it's sort of coming to him. He's like, oh, hang on. Oh, I'm if you an treat asshole. everyone like an asshole, they'll treat you like an asshole. It, it's coming. So that's it's kind of a most of it isn't him changing to be a better person. He's changing so his legacy is better, and he. Well, the chains thing didn't seem to affect him. Living life in chains, he kind of likes. Chains. Yeah, that's right. Which uh, in the first episode of this podcast, the picture of Dorian Gray, who is a man who has committed sins, many, many sins, and he's lived a life of sin. Basically, he realizes that he's gone down a wrong path, and he decides to stop sinning. And he he has a portrait that shows all his sins. And he, after not sinning, he checks the portrait, and it's actually worse. And he works out that it's because. He's doing uh, it for the wrong reasons. He's doing it for the wrong reasons. He's doing it for himself, which is another sin, rather than wanting to do it to not affect others. He's doing it for selfish reasons. Mm. So this could be argued here as well. But he says, he goes on to the ghost, I will honour Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present and the future. The world around him turns back into his bed and he falls asleep. Fuck, he's so good at sleeping. So good. So So jealous. Then we're in Chapter 5, which is called The End of It. Dickens must have really been overriding it by this stage. (laughs) Scrooge awakes in his bed muttering, I will live in the past, the present and the future. He scrambles out of bed with a pledge to Jacob Marley. I say it on my knees, Jacob. I say it on my knees. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do, Scrooge. Scrooge is as merry as a schoolboy and as giddy as a drunken man, the narrator writes. Now Scrooge doesn't know how long he was asleep for and is unsure of what day it is. And you know how I love to yell at a boy in the street and ask what day it is. Well, this is how the scene actually plays out, which I've never read before. I hope this is everything you both wanted to be. Oh, man. So he sees a boy. Such a good, this is my favourite thing. I know. What's today, cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Okay, first oh, clue, he's Sunday. in Sunday clothes. Yeah, it's, be Sunday. it's either Sunday or good weather for eating ice cream. <laughs> the boy's reply? Sorry, sir, what did you say there? <laughs> Basically, his reply is, eh? That's good stuff. Return the boy with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow, said Scrooge. Today, replied the boy, why, Christmas Day. (gasps) It's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello, returned the boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that boy's so polite. Do you know the polterers in the next street but one at the corner? Scrooge inquired. I should hope I did, replied the lad. An intelligent boy, said Scrooge. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me, returned the boy. What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. (laughs) It's hanging there now, replied the boy. Is it, said Scrooge? Go and buy it. Walker, exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here and that may I give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you half a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. 
Amazing. Great scene. What a great scene. What a, a great scene. scene. I love it because he was talking to him and about him all yeah. at the same time. What a boy. That. And what a boy. <laughs> I love that. Whilst waiting for the turkey to return, Scrooge shows that he may have truly lost it. He notices the door knocker where last night he saw Jacob Marley's face. Quote, I shall love it as long as I live, cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. <laughs> mwah, mwah, mwah. I love you, door knocker. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it has in its face. It's a wonderful knocker. Where's the turkey? Hello. Whoop. How are you? Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just kissing my door knocker. Hello. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> he's losing it. Yeah, he's going full loopy. Scrooge sends the giant turkey around to Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim's house. Scrooge then runs into one of the portly gentlemen who asked him to donate charity at the start of the book and accosts him, and he asks if he can make a donation now. He whispers in an unknown amount so large that the man does a double take. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, huh? <laughs> So, I mean, who's he whispering it? Why Why is he keeping it from us? You want to know? He's modest. And also that's smart from Dickens because if it was like, I'll give you $20, which at the time would have been so much, but now we'd be like, mm, okay. You know? But I mean, It he, keeps it, it, it's for inflation. That makes sense. But then just the scene before, he's yelling out half a shilling, Matt, half a it's, crown. It's for inflation. Come on. Okay, sorry. All right. I hadn't thought about that yet. Please don't argue with me. I'm sorry about that. When you ask a question and I answer the question and then you say, I don't think that's true. You answered the question. That hurts my feelings. Yeah, I'm sorry. And that's not very Christmassy. No, it isn't. And I I feel so Christmassy in my heart right now. Me too. Hello, Merry Christmas. Hello, Merry Christmas. Hello, boy. Hello, boy. Eh? (laughs) (laughs) That's our Christmas boy. Uh, So he's given to charity. Now Scrooge drops in and surprises his nephew Fred at the Christmas lunch. And no one can quite believe that he's actually made it. But they're happy to have him. The next morning, Scrooge makes sure he gets to work very, very early so he can beat Bob Cratchit, his employee, who arrives 18 minutes late. Unbelievable. Oh, my God, Bob. Scrooge pretends to be mad and says, well, what time do you call this? (laughs) And when Bob says, sorry, sir, it won't happen again, Scrooge says, well, I guess I'll have to... Increase your salary. Yeah. He totally fakes him out. Oh my god! Uh, the, you got pranked. The final paragraph says that Ebenezer was true to his word and more. He became like a second father to Tiny Tim, who didn't die ever. <laughs> no, no. He's here with us now. Tiny Tim is one hundred and seventy, and he's still tiny. <laughs> uh, many people are confused by the new Scrooge and laugh at him, but he doesn't mind. He's a new man. The final line is, he had no further intercourse with spirits. Wait, what? He had no further intercourse with spirits. Yeah, come okay. on, Matt. That's a fairly clear sentence. But, so. live, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. The end. What a bloody... What a masterpiece. And before we, I get you to score it out of five, mm. so as to give a review, we're going to talk quickly about the themes. What themes do you think were coming up here? Tiny. Tiny. Yeah, smallness. <laughs> Tim. 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 Timony. Um, Tim, Tim. Timony. Yeah, Timsel. Uh, Bob Crutchet. <laughs> yeah, Crutchet. Crutches. Crutches for Crutchet. Tim. For Tiny Tim. That's good stuff. Um, Death. 
uh, regret, life. time, um, sacrifice, uh, me- old men, but Greed. they were young once. Is that a theme? Uh, how to cook potatoes? Potatoes, yes. food poisoning. Yes, food poisoning. Dreams, sleeping. Do we think that he actually did just have a a bad dream? And that it affected him so much that when he woke up, it made him into a different person. That seems Can like a, that happen? That seems like a pretty sick dream. To so be none of the in this reality, what I'm saying is maybe the ghosts weren't real. He just had a bad dream. But it was so vivid, it seemed so real that when he woke up, he was like, you know what? I love Christmas now. Well, I don't really care how it happens because the end goal is still the same. He became a better person. He did. Of course, the, the things dream here are. Dream or real ghost. You know, uh, bitterness, helping others. The Christmas spirit, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget the most important theme, Tiny. Tiny Tim. Tim. Now, will your score be Tiny Tim or will it be Ebenezer Huge? Huge. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Saw the cogs working in my mind and you got to the same place as me. Yeah, put your cogs away, mate. I loved it, yeah. Apart from you getting your cogs out on the table. Yeah, um... I am. Um... So I asked I asked my guests at the end of every episode to give the work as I presented it there. Yeah. A score out of five. Out of five. I'd give that. Um, but, I mean, I already kind of love the story based on the Family Ties version. And did we differ? You can tell us now. Yeah. Well, they didn't have in the Family Ties version, they didn't. I don't think they went through all the ghosts. I think it was abbreviated for the. TV half hour. So you'll be visited by one Christmas ghost. And they were, I think it was his siblings or maybe, yeah, so his two sisters. And one of them was the, the they did the uh, Ghost of Christmas Future and it was him. Uh, he came in on a helicopter as a middle-aged man back to their family home, um, bald and fat, with a, a sack over his shoulder. And his sack was with washing for his mum to do it. And his family had seemed to have lost all their money. They were hanging up little rags of washing inside. This is all as I remember. This is going off a pretty good memory. They can only afford rags, but he has a helicopter. He has a helicopter. He's become like Scrooge. He's moved out um, and become this. But he's not helping the family, which are like Bob Cratchit's family. No, it looks like he's coming back with, uh, with Prezzies. With, but it's really just washing for his mum to do. Um, and then, he, yeah, the big, the biggest thing he, after that, he's going to his sister who's Ghost of Christmas Future. He's like, can we change this? This isn't sad, is it? We can change, right? I won't necessarily go bald, will I? Sorry. Oh, that oh, so is. B- by being a good person, he doesn't go bald. So from that, we take that all bald people are evil. <laughs> is that what you're is saying, that take, Matt? Is that the theme for is family Is that what time? you're saying? He gets, uh, he gets some sort of a creme. Or a, some sort of a scalp, something he can massage into his scalp the next day. Because the next, so he wakes up and the next day, and he he gives presents to his family because he was being a bit of a Scrooge. He wasn't getting presents, but then he, you know, everything changed and he went out. But all the shops were closed on Christmas, so he, he went to a Seven Eleven sort of thing, and he came back and he was like, um, "Here's a, here's like a deodorizer for your car, and here's a uh, whatever." And then they're like, "Oh, what's that? There's still something in your sack." He's like, "Nothing. Don't worry." Oh, oh, what's no. this? Oh, it's got a boner. Some sort of no. It was it was a hair. It was something about it was a hair product, Dave. <laughs> it was a boner. He had a boner in his <laughs> oh, sack. So, so it was the hair product. If you guys aren't going to take it seriously, that's fine. Sorry, family. This is like very important to me. Family ties Christmas Carol. Well, it's called a Keaton Christmas Carol. Yeah. 
So, so what are you giving yeah, so a rating? You'd give that a five out of five, but what That's would you five give out of five. the novel? Yeah, right. Sorry, yeah, can, and you feel free to edit out that family tie stuff. Obviously, that deserves a show, an episode of its own. <laughs> so you might want to take that out so you can dedicate a full episode. To that next Christmas, will I would you ever it... do a Family Ties podcast called Tied to Family Ties? No, but I would do a Family Ties podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> a bird. Right, that's, a, that's a good title. If you didn't go with that, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'd give it. I reckon I'd give it four out of five. I really liked it. Well, what's it? I thought it was a great amount of fun. Where Where's that extra one coming from? Like, what What could it do to be better for you? I just like I, I always feel weird giving anything a perfect score. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Wow, great start. And the only half I'm asking for is a little bit more comedy. Yeah. Like All lighten right. up a bit. Yeah, give us a couple of lols. I in want there. a lol. It's be a Christmas, bit let's be joyous. Be ironic if you want. I mean, what about the bow line? Yeah, that was, was pretty good, funny. actually. That was yeah, pretty yeah, that was pretty good. I would give it a four out of five. So it's averaging very well. Maybe our highest yet. Wow. Christmas Carol, but it is one of the, I guess, most famous stories ever told. It's a great story. So I should say that um, even though we're giving it only four point two five on average, that's not quite right, is it? Because of the five, what would that be? That's split. What's that point five split three ways, Dave? That would be thirty three. Four point one six 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 one six is yeah. So. Obviously, that's what we're giving it, but uh, please give this podcast the full five stars uh, when you go and review Book Cheat on iTunes. Always appreciated. That is always appreciated. But that does bring us to the end of our Christmas special and the last Book Cheat for the year. We will be back uh, in January of 2019. Ooh, 2019. The, fu- the podcast of the future. Hey, uh, see you next year. <laughs> it's a little uh, Arnie Donna bit. It's that's a good, good. bit. You should YouTube My that. My dad funny. actually does say that, and I love it every year. Your dad's Broden. Well, oh. yeah, my dad. He was a. I wish Broden was my dad. Is oh, he? I didn't mean that as like a spirit of my dad. I just mean I love Broden. I guess he could just dad, be my I mean, friend. That still sounds like you're saying you don't love Broden. He could dad, just be or... my friend. Broden can be my friend. No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. Now let's stick with the ghost of podcast present and talk about where we can listen or see or hear or view more of you guys uh my bedroom window don't do not that's what you said that's what you said said bedroom oh yeah okay he's looking at the kitchen i literally have like there's only a couple of windows in my house (laughs) it's a sad little house we all do a podcast together called do go on and you can find that at dogoonpod.com or uh and it's do go on pod on all social media and Find also, us. Yeah, you could listen to it on any of your podcast type apps we're, or we're Spotify. We're pretty great. You should give us a listen if you don't already. We, uh, we've got a Christmas episode that will be going up around this time as well. Yeah, we absolutely. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Christmas Mysteries, which we recorded live in London a month or so ago. Uh, I'm also on a podcast called Primates, which uh, Dave and Jess are regularly guests on, and it's a podcast all about primates in popular culture which sounds stupid but it's just a lot of fun it's basically just a, a, an excuse to have a fun podcast with great funny guests on um and we talk about a different movie or comic or a band sometimes we talk about the gorillas the band and um movies like uh, uh Dunstan checks in and dave and i've done a bunch of different simpsons episodes that feature as well as congo congo with uh Alexi Toliopoulos, one of the greatest podcasters in this fine land of Australia. Have you had him on this pod yet? 
No, I'd love to. I would bloody love to. you got to get him on. If I am up in Sydney where he's from or if he's ever down in here. I, I believe he's listened to a couple of episodes. So That is a high Quit honor. bragging. Oh, oh, honestly, when he retweeted the show, I felt, because like you said, he's one of the greatest podcasters in the land. I felt very privileged. That's so, so lovely. So if you're listening, Lexi, hello. We think you're great. If you're listening, Lexi, hello. There's no way he's, he's listening through this episode. Hello. Everyone who's listened this far, um, I thank you so much. Um, I always thank them so much. Right. If you want to follow the show and see what we're up to on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter, it is, of course, at BookCheatPod. Or you can email BookCheatPod at gmail.com. And again, like I said at the start of the episode, if you want to suggest a book or a novel, because we're coming up into a new year in Australia, we'll be starting a new school year. If there's a, a book or, or a no, novel on your ah. required reading, let me know. Uh, you just find our Twitter page and in the description there's a little link for how you can suggest a book. That's a good idea. Yeah, let me know. Would you be open to doing the Bible? Oh, maybe part of it. Yeah. I'd break it down. Genesis. Break Start it down. Break it down. One of the books maybe, yeah. Yeah. But that does bring us to the end of Book Sheets. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, Jess and Matt. Hey, thanks so much for having us. And uh, as we always say here on Book Sheets, what's booking good looking? That's pretty good. <laughs> but to all, a good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Wherever good day. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good day. Hopefully have a all good... your Christmas dreams come true. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 